McKinsey reports that telehealth usage is 38 times higher than it was prior to the pandemic. We all know about its massive growth, but what about the experience? How does that experience vary depending on whom you ask or where in the world they live? Stick around because you're about to get some well-researched answers to those questions. Welcome to The Source from the ATA, conversations about telehealth and virtual care from the thought leaders, experts, and visionaries who are working to change the way the world thinks about healthcare. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and our guests today are Heather Peacock of Healthcare Industry Marketing at Logitech and Paul Hartley, Executive Vice President at Escalant. During the summer of 2021, Logitech worked with Escalant to conduct a global survey focused on assessing the experience of both healthcare professionals and patients when using telehealth for consultations. The result is a report that's being released during Telehealth Awareness Week in late September 2021. You can find more details in the show notes for this podcast. But first, let's meet Heather and Paul. Heather and Paul, thanks so much for being with us today on the Source Podcast. Glad you're here. We're in a place where so much of the world has now experienced telehealth uh, that had not before. And yet I haven't seen anybody that has tackled a truly global study to understand that broader experience. And so I'm really curious at this stage, what is it that drove Logitech to start this research project? Uh, so thanks for that question, Greg. I think, you know, along with the rest of the world, we at Logitech have been really trying to wrap our heads around what is going to continue to happen to virtual care after the pandemic. I think we all know telehealth is here to stay at this point. Um, it's going to morph and evolve um, as as we start to learn new ways to utilize this concept of care delivery. Um, but we're still learning as, as, as a world really how virtual care can affect healthcare overall. And, you know, at Logitech, I, I mentioned previously, I'm in the video collaboration division and we are keenly interested and excited about the potential here. Um, but what we believe is video is a very important component of that virtual care experience. We believed that. The problem was we didn't have the data to support it. And so what really drove us to doing this study was to, to go beyond the anecdotal and belief system that makes us um, see the in, import of having video in a care experience and instead be able to show um, from the data and, and either support or, you know, detract from that message, uh, understand, is, is this really the case in the market? And so what we, what we went out into the market to do was really look at what, what do patients need, expect, want, what have they been experiencing? And the same thing is true for what are providers expecting, wanting, experiencing today, and and how do we how do we evolve that um, as we move forward into this next phase of virtual care? Um, so that's what took us over to Paul at Escalant to uh, to get us started on this study and help us be able to help health IT decision makers um, understand the impacts of the technologies that they're deploying to their care teams. 
it does. It sounds as though there are going to be a lot of uh, far-reaching implications that this research is going to be very, very usable, uh, not just by Logitech, but by many in the industry, which is really exciting. Um, and I guess with that kind of an am with that kind of an ambitious remit, I mean, what you just described is a little bit scary in terms of being able to truly understand and make sense of people's attitudes globally uh, with regard to this phenomenon. And so, Paul, I'd I'd like to to hear from you how how did you actually conduct this kind of research to to meet that ambitious remit? Yeah, so so Greg, the challenge the challenge here is when Heather and I first started uh, talking about conducting the research is, uh, do you go really deep um, with the research in particular areas, or do you get uh, a sort of a broad view? Are you focusing on everybody, or are you zeroing in on those that have you know much deeper experiences when it comes to telehealth? Uh, where we eventually decided to go was um, we. We wanted to go nice and broad across, you know, doing a global study. So, you know, there's a, a good, I think it's 23 or 24 countries that we conducted uh, the survey in. Um, the intention being that we didn't want any one, any one country to actually um, to swing the data in one particular direction or another. Because we, we, we of course, all know that uh, conducting telehealth in the US versus China versus India is obviously a very different, uh, um, uh, very different set of circumstances and different backgrounds and different, uh, um, different payment types and everything. But uh, we wanted to get a broad view of sentiment um, across two groups, really. The patients that are actually involved and in, in, in doing, uh, uh, doing telehealth uh, uh, consultations with their, with their healthcare providers, and then the healthcare providers themselves that are actually conducting uh, telehealth uh, consultations with, uh, with their patients. So we had these two groups that we, that we wanted to conduct the survey with. Uh, we ended up uh, doing the survey globally, like I say, um, across North America, um, Europe, Middle East, Africa, and, uh, and Asia Pacific. Uh, like I say, with about uh, 23, 24 countries, I think it was, um, and uh, we, we conducted it with a total of 900 respondents. Uh, there were about uh, there were 750 global patients and 150 healthcare practitioners, and those were split equally between the North America, the as we call it, a NEO, Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and uh, Asia Pacific region. So about 250 patients and 50 healthcare practitioners per region. Um, and so we, we conducted this as a global survey that was fielded uh, for about three weeks uh, during the course of the summer of, uh, of 2021. Um, and uh, here at Escalant, we're a global team. Um, so we were fielding, obviously, in, in, in all of these different countries. We were also bringing together our tech team, our tech practice and our healthcare practice on this as well, because uh, fusing together, like Heather was describing, fusing together that um, that healthcare component, bringing our healthcare specialists to the table to really uh, be able to get the quality responses out of patients who don't necessarily uh, know exactly how to respond to, to certain questions and, and then be able to speak the language of the healthcare practitioners whilst also having our tech practice so they could really zero in on the technical components that we that we wanted to, to do with this. So yeah, it was a broad, uh, broad global study, really getting uh, getting insights and perceptions from patients and healthcare, healthcare practitioners right across the world. Fantastic. And without further ado, I'm really, I'm dying to know what, what are the big takeaways that you gained from doing that research? 
Yeah, so I think one of the important distinctions to make is we, we screened folks in on the study. Um, if they had been, if they had attended or conducted a video-based telehealth visit in the prior 12 months. So that's a very important distinction to make. We're looking specifically in the study at those that are using telehealth services today. So, so one of the things that that we were expecting to find, and we certainly did, was this massive growth in the use of telehealth, um, you know, really brought on by the pandemic. I know McKinsey's on record reporting that telehealth usage is 38 times higher than it was pre-pandemic. Our data certainly showed the same thing, and this was really probably the first and biggest finding, was, was that, you know, healthcare practitioners doing telehealth about a quarter of their medical consultations today are being conducted via telehealth. Um, and that was consistent across all the regions um, globally is this, uh, this huge chunk of the time that the healthcare practitioners are spending in any given day doing telehealth visits with their, with their patients. The other, the other interesting thing really sort of supporting this, this growth metric was um, of all of the patients that we surveyed, and keep in mind these were um, patients that that screened in um, because they they are doing uh, telehealth uh, visits with their healthcare practitioners. Seventy three percent of them had done their first telehealth visit in the past year. Um, so you know, roughly three quarters of them had not done telehealth before, but uh, but this was uh, in in the past year they they had uh, they had done their first telehealth visit. So again, supporting this this massive spike in the in the use of uh, telehealth and really those patients um the other the other really big finding was that those patients are are becoming very experienced very rapidly and they're very happy with the experience that they're having with telehealth so <clears throat> we found that um, nearly half of all these global telehealth patients so about 47% of them are using telehealth on a regular basis for ongoing healthcare uh, versus just sort of occasional once-off cases. Um, so half of the respondents are are using telehealth on like a monthly basis, a weekly basis, uh, repeated visits with their healthcare practitioners. And even amongst those that have just experienced telehealth for the very first time in the past year, 41% of them were already these regular users. Um, so that was something that was a very key finding is, is how quickly patients are adapting to become regular users of telehealth. And other signs that we saw in the data from that, for example, patients reported that they've consulted their healthcare practitioner for an average of 2.4 conditions. And that was as high as three um, in the Asia Pacific region. So it's not like they're going just for one thing. They're going back to the healthcare practitioner for for more than one thing, in, in, in many cases, two, three, four uh, four reasons to to consult with a healthcare, healthcare practitioner, and more than half of the patients have actually seen multiple uh, providers using telehealth. So they're not just going to their, um, you know, to their family doctor. They might also be going to a specialist and that. So so there's this burgeoning experience amongst the, amongst the patients um, as they as they use telehealth more and more. And what really jumped out at us was how satisfied they are with the experience, which is obviously going to be a driver of their, 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 their growing usage of telehealth. So we found that 84% of the respondents were either satisfied or very satisfied with the experience, and just 2% expressed any dissatisfaction with the actual uh, telehealth experience that they've been having. So a lot more experience happening and, a, and really high levels of satisfaction, 
which contrasted a little bit with the healthcare providers who were more experienced to begin with. Two thirds of them were practicing telehealth, you know, before the pandemic. So they were more experienced to begin with, but they were also a little bit more more excuse me, more skeptical about uh, about the whole thing. They report, um, you know, about a, about a quarter of their consultations are happening via telehealth, but their satisfaction is actually thirteen points lower than the patients. And really, really interestingly, three times as many healthcare practitioners are expecting telehealth to actually decrease again over time. So that was a really big contrast that we saw. You know, 92% of the patients expected their telehealth usage to either increase or at the very least stay at the same elevated levels that they're experiencing today. But three times as many healthcare practitioners actually expect telehealth to drop back down. Um, so there's a, there's a, a level of skepticism amongst some of those healthcare practitioners. That is it's fascinating, that gap that exists between the patients and the practitioners can you can you go into a little bit more detail around what the you know what that gap means yeah i can do that uh, so you know we went a little bit deeper into the data to understand the root causes of the differences between patients versus providers. What we found was that the healthcare providers or HCPs um, were not feeling like their technology was sufficient or good enough to deliver the quality of care that they're expecting to be able to deliver through this care modality. Um, what actually came to the top of the list, which was uh, surprising. One of the surprising and enlightening findings for us was they're, they're facing many technical issues with video quality at the highest um, of, of their complaint list. <laughs> um, so it was reported actually twice as much as the next largest technical issue, which in this case was the quality of the internet connection. Um, somewhat interesting that Paul and I both have a telecommunications background on that front. Um, but what's even more remarkable was that 82% of these global healthcare providers were experiencing technical issues with their video quality um, over this past year, um, which were issues that were serious enough to be able to disrupt the quality of care that they were delivering. This was backed up by the data from the patients. The majority, 53% actually, were saying that they had experienced issues with the video quality that they were receiving from their healthcare provider. It's so interesting. Is the idea that you want to provide an experience that makes them feel as though they're in the same room. Is that the is that what's driving that that uh, kind of concern? You know, my personal opinion is it's so important that as we try to create these meaningful connections with patients, that they do have the opportunity to build trust with their providers and. The, one of the key ways to do this is through video. Um, when you have video that's high fidelity, high quality video in a room, um, I mean, we're seeing it here right now in the conversation that we're having today, um, which has some video on the back end. And, uh, you know, you're able to just connect in a different way and uh, in a meaningful way with your patients. I think that is one of the big drivers for 
um, for some of this uh, dissatisfaction on the provider side is that lack of um, ability to connect and create that meaningful um, that that meaningful engagement with their patient. When we looked at that high level of satisfaction amongst the patients, um, two of the things that really stood out when we when we looked at the attributes that uh, that drive that satisfaction, one was patients, three quarters of them saying that they feel like telehealth is just as good as in-person care. And that same number, three quarters of patients thinking that, saying that um, they feel connected like they're in the same room as their healthcare provider. The challenge is that only a third of healthcare providers agreed that telehealth is as good as in-person care, and less than half of the healthcare providers agreed that they feel connected like they're in the same room. So there's this disconnect where you've got very satisfied patients who are saying, hey, you know what, this, this telehealth experience is just as good as what I get in person. I feel like I'm connected in the same room, but the healthcare providers don't have that same level of confidence and really, as Heather mentioned, the key driver of that of that that lower confidence amongst the healthcare providers is uh, not feeling confident in terms of the video that they're delivering to their um, to their patients. And let's unpack that a little bit, Paul. What does this What does it mean for HCPs that they had such a higher degree or such a, a lower degree of satisfaction with the process? G- give me a little more from the from the doctors and clinicians' perspective. Yeah, so you know, this is this is something that's um, you know that we we really dug into because you know the, the, I think first of all, just to clarify, the healthcare providers overall are satisfied with telehealth, um, but their satisfaction is much less than patients. Um, so, so I don't want to paint a picture where there's healthcare providers that are you know that the, the broad group of them are a dissatisfied group, but there were these spots of dissatisfaction. And that's where we were drilling into these spots of dissatisfaction. And it really came back with, you know, technical issues, video issues. And and it's a really big deal for the healthcare providers, right? So more than nine out of 10 of them said that video quality is the most most critical contributor to their patient's experience. Um, with telehealth, that's not surprising to it, you know, to us at all, right? We inherently any of us that use uh, video during the course of the day understand that the quality of that video is very critical to the interactions that we have with other people. But they also acknowledge that that poor video quality not only reduces the quality of care that they can deliver, but it also reduces the likelihood of the patient actually attending future telehealth visits. So, so there's a concern amongst the healthcare providers that. Not only am I not able to perform uh, the tasks that I need to perform as well as I should, I can't deliver that quality of care, but there's also a a concern that this is going to impact the future of the telehealth visits that I do with with my patients. And really their biggest concern, and this is something that really jumped out to us in the the data, over two-thirds of those healthcare providers are actually worrying that their poor video quality is going to ultimately to lead to their patients choosing another healthcare provider altogether, right? Wow. So, so, so there's the situation where the, the healthcare providers have it on their mind that if I'm not delivering quality video to my patients, they're going to go pick another doctor. And, you know, truly, if you look at the data, let's go back to what we said about the patients. Those patients are becoming ever more experienced, ever more confident with telehealth, and they are very satisfied with the experience, but you can expect 
that as their experience grows and their confidence grows and their satisfaction, they know what good telehealth looks like, their expectations, the bar is just going to be set higher and higher. And so if healthcare providers aren't able to meet that bar of quality care via telehealth, well, their concerns about, you know, patients choosing another healthcare provider, those are not unfounded. Yeah. Patients become more discriminating and, uh, you know, make decisions based on that uh, ability to discriminate. Um, Absolutely. So we've talked about the the provider, we've talked about the patient. I'm really curious about what are the what are the implications for the IT decision makers that are actually making purchase decisions about uh, the kind of equipment, the kind of systems they're using to facilitate telehealth visits. Yeah, I think I think the most impactful thing that the IT decision makers out there can do is to really continue embracing this evolution of virtual care and and keep a pulse on what's needed in this space, recognizing that what they are choosing is empowering their providers and it's actually having a lasting impact on the effectiveness and success of telehealth not only for their own health systems, but also around the world um, as, as we're all continuing to learn how this care modality fits into the overall picture of delivering care uh, to our patients around the world. So, um, you know, I think what this study has shown us is how important the video quality is in the care experience overall, both in the eyes of the patients and also directly from from those healthcare providers themselves. And the more that IT can do to um, enable those providers to deliver um, this care simply and and conveniently, um, that is going to help with the pressures that we know IT is under um, around technology adoption and acceptance um, and and this new care modality and, and having it be successful. So if we can equip those providers with solutions that really simplify their workflows and improve the quality of care and um, the quality of these interactions, that's going to be better for all. Fantastic. And as we close today, I want to go meta a little bit because one of the things that our listeners are not aware of, uh, or at least they weren't until you alluded to it briefly earlier, Heather, as we're recording this audio only episode, we actually are on video with each other. And it's so the reason that we do that is because we want to facilitate an additional level of our ability to communicate with each other. Uh, And I think it's so fascinating that that has, is also such an important part of the experience between the healthcare professional and the patient. Absolutely. I think uh, this that's a great call out. And, and uh, the more that we can share that with the market, I think uh, it's better for all. <laughs> and, and to that end, I know that you actually have a webinar coming up that you're going to be exploring the findings from this research in much greater detail. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so on October 27th, we'll be hosting a webinar um, alongside ATA or through ATA. Um, Paul and myself will be diving in deeper, as you mentioned. Um, you can also learn more about this study through some resources that are on the ATA site as well. Um, and uh, as we re are releasing these findings um, during Telehealth Awareness Week, so there are some additional resources on the site that you can find there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks, Greg.